0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. A little delayed from our last episode uh, because we just decided that we're going to wait for the end of the sports season to uh, do our last 2022 23 sports season episode, basically. So that was a lot of words. Um, Austin Huff, Goshen News Sports Editor. Ta- Whoa, Tony Miller, that's my name, he's here uh, for the final week, unless he wants to come back next week, I'm not going to stop him, so uh, we'll see what this podcast looks like next week, but we'll get to next week when we get to next week. Um, We're here to talk about the last couple things that happened in the high school sports season for us, and then kind of put a bow on the entire 2022-23 high school sports season for us, and also, Goshen City FC has got some exciting things going on right now, so we'll talk about them at the end of the show. Um, that will be all time stamped in the details of this episode. I try my best, because um, I know some people don't care about girls golf, and that's fine. Or boys swimming, and they want, if they want to skip ahead, they can skip ahead. We can do that. I mean, I can't, because i got to sit here through the whole thing. you got to sit here through the whole thing. You can yeah. you can mentally skip. if uh, like. I have
1: been there, done that, got the t shirt Got the college GPA to prove it.
0: Yes, yes same. Um, let's start with the most recent thing that ended, and that was the boys' golf season. And what a finish we had to this area's boys' golf uh, season. We had two kids, both from the Northeast Corner Conference, finishing the top six at the state meet. Um, Brayden Miller from Fairfield was sixth. And then Silas horror from Westview had – Um, literally one of the best rounds in state tournament history Wednesday. He shot a 66 after going with a 75 on the first day, so a nine-stroke improvement between the two days. The 66 was the lowest round out of any player across the two days, and it was the fourth lowest round, tied for fourth lowest round, in the history of the state boys' golf tournament. Um, As far as rounds that have been played at Prairie View, it's the second lowest uh, tied after a kid from Hamilton Southeastern shot a 65 in 2016. So, pretty elite company.
1: Anytime you can start around at the state meet with a 6, you're in good shape. And also, he's a sophomore.
0: He His last five rounds he played this year, four of them were in the 60s. He went 65 at Leo Hawk Invite, 66 at the sectional, 69 at the regional, 75 first day of state, 66 second day of state
1: yeah that's that's pretty good and also for all the sports that we do OMG 317 because Indianapolis kind of dominates mm-hmm. three of the top six kids in the state Westview or second place Westview third place Valparaiso sixth place Fairfield
0: and even tied for second place uh Leo oh yeah like so you that's, had,
1: that's Fort Wayne and up getting right. four of the top six
0: yes north of the um north with- of the U.S. 30, 30 or U.S. 24, yeah. 30, I'm, not, 30. I'm not
1: exactly sure where Leo is.
0: 30, yeah, I think they're north of 30. They are north of 30. Um, yeah, so you got four of the top six players north of U.S. 30. Um, not bad. Not a bad uh, it's not showing. Some,
1: not something we say often in this state, because when we talk about weather, it's usually getting either because of the lake or because it's farther north. Right. Uh, it's usually getting worse up
0: here. Now, the team standings, another story. <laughs> but, but the team it, standings happened. Yeah, Garin Catholic with a little drama. By the way, they were down going into the final hole, and um, Westfield kid double bogeyed. Garen Catholic kid made a bogey or a par, something, and they end up winning by two shots. Garin Catholic did so, um, kind of crazy, kind of dramatic end to the uh, round there. So, sorry, I'm, I am. If you hear me yawn, I've been running on. Uh, not a lot of sleep the last few days. A faith and gasoline. To, yeah, been paying for uh, you know a lot of a lot of long days to golf course. Let's just say that total of twenty eight thousand steps combined between the two days. So uh, Leo,
1: yeah, Leo's on the north side of Fort Wayne. So it's yes, they are north definitely north, north of, north of thirty. twenty
0: four and thirty. Um, Even though twenty four goes north as it goes into Fort Wayne. Right. Horror had a four hole stretch on the back nine, 10 through thirteen, where he went birdie, eagle, birdie, birdie. Uh, really good, hot take. Really good.
1: I mean, the U.S. Open is this weekend, and that's always like the tough. I mean, it's the toughest test in golf. It's supposed to. There are going to be guys that have felt like they have a good day that don't finish five under for an entire round, and he did that in four holes.
0: Right. Um, the eagle on eleven was incredible. He holed it out from like 160 yards. Um, it was crazy, and then was that
1: the one you had video of? Like that was his brother. Of, his brother got the video. Yeah, you had the reverse
0: angle because you couldn't see it no. on the main angle. Yeah, I no one, no one from behind. Like if you weren't, if you weren't in the right spot, because that hole, the green is sloped in a, a way where you can't really see the hole. That's why they have the flagstick helps you to know where the hole's at. Um, and so you couldn't really see it go in. He didn't. He wasn't even looking. If you look, if you watch the video. Silas wasn't even looking at the hole, and it rolled in. So he just thought he hit it within five feet, six feet. Right, hit it with, I mean, he'll tap in for birdie <laughs> and move on. Like even
1: if he taps in for birdie, he's minus four for that four four hole right, stretch.
0: Right, and so and then his tee shot on twelve, a par three, almost went in. I mean, he was within three feet of making back to back eagles. That would have been insane. He joked. Ab- shot. He joked about it that like if he had um, if he had and one on that hole, he would have had to have like jumped in the lake or something to celebrate. You know, like um, there is a little creek that ran right by there. You he said that was eleven
1: have- and twelve.
0: Yeah, eleven and twelve. Yeah,
1: jumping in the lake with six holes to go in your round sounds like a great idea.
0: Hey, we were all a little wet anyway from sweating. It wouldn't have been that much more, you know, precipitation, but. And then his birdie on 13, he hit a shot into the sand. His second shot went into the sand trap. Hits it out from, you know, he was like 60, 70 yards away still from the green. And he got it to within 12 feet of the hole. Made a really nice birdie putt. I mean, he was playing unconscious. It was crazy to watch. And then he chipped in again, a birdie on 16. Um, he just played really, really good golf. Obviously, um, and he got he went from 22nd or 23rd after the first day to tied for second at the end of the second day. I mean, just an incredible run. Um, you don't see that often, regardless of what school they're from. I mean, that's an incredible surge from a kid, especially a sophomore. It's, he, it's, it's crazy to think about. He's only 16. I mean,
1: what did you say? Well, it was 22nd, 23rd, so he's like a quarter of the way through the field. You don't usually make a run from – the 75th percentile to the 98th percentile in one round of golf.
0: Yeah, but that's why we play the games. Yeah, and you know Silas' big push. I don't want to say it overshadowed Braden Miller, but like you know, obviously he was on fire. Silas was so it you know by default he was going to get a lot of the attention. Um, But Braden, you know, he had a, he was three under on the first day. He was in third place. He was right there. Um, he just couldn't get a birdie putt to fall all day on Wednesday. It just seemed like every time, he, other than his first hole, he he birdied one and he birdied 18. And the, it's those middle hole, 16 that'll get you. In the middle 16, he just couldn't. He would hit. I mean, he potted well. It wasn't like they were bad misses. It just was they just didn't go. And he had a bogey and then a double bogey in there. So like he he lost a couple shots there. But birdied 18, got to one under, got to sixth sole possession of sixth place all state um selection so like still a really 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 good performance you know again another sophomore just you know 16 years old and he's he played he played a really good two days um you know only six players in the whole field were below par or under par and he was one of them so uh nothing to be ashamed of little disappointment probably but nothing to be ashamed of with that performance.
1: Yeah, all in all, a pretty, nothing-to-be-ashamed-of performance in terms of, eh, this will not be the state finals that some people write home about, but but a lot of getting better on Wednesday than you were on Tuesday.
0: Yes, um, speaking of getting better Wednesday than they were on Tuesday, Northridge, the whole team was there. First time since 2012, and um, it did not go well the first day. We'll just say that. Um, they shot 355, which was... Probably 30 shots worse than they had done all year. Um, don't know if they had put up lower than a, or h- higher than a 330 all year. So uh, it was not a great start. They shot 328 on the second day, so they did play better. Everyone, literally every player, improved. Um, so that was good. Um, yeah. They still were, you know, they finished in last, 18th place. But I mean, Big picture, 18th place out of, you know, however many teams in the state. 18th place at state is still state. Right, you still got the state. Um, So, and I just wanted to give a shout out, Brock Reschley, um, the lone senior on the team. Uh, He went to state all three seasons. He actually did earn all-state recognition through the Indiana Golf Coaches Association. Um, So, congratulations to him. So, that's three all-state kids um, from, you know – I know Westview is technically not Elkhart County. Close enough. We can adopt it for this conversation's sake. Um, Horror mostly does his, you know, he plays a lot at Meadow Valley. So, really, you know, Northridge, Horror, and Fairfield for for Miller, like all three of them, their home course is Meadow Valley. So, uh, we'll count it. Uh, so, three of the 20, you know, all state kids, Elkhart County adjacent. Um which is really cool. Really cool to see that. Um and, right. and he had a credible career, Rushley did. I mean, he really did. Um, like I said, three time all state, won the NLC invite this year. Um, he's going to Purdue for Wayne uh, for college division one, a division one player. So I have a question. How do Mastodons golf? Do their tusks get in the way? I knew that was coming.
1: And some, in some version stop. of
0: it, in some some version of that question was going to happen um they hit it one stroke at a time that's all i got um put their
1: pants on one leg at a time just like the rest of us
0: yes they're extinct too <clears throat> from what we know as far as we know yes i have mean you've been
1: charged by a mastodon
0: i have never never seen a mastodon in person i've watched the mastodons as in i went to a pfw basketball game once yes you did i remember went, you texting me it from went that went three overtimes three overtimes
1: made it on sports center out of the I can't even remember what league they're in.
0: Horizon. Horizon. Yeah. yeah. The future coach of the Missouri Tigers was the Cleveland State head coach that night, Dennis Gates. Pretty yes, cool stuff.
1: That was basketball. Basketball, I mean, that's another one of those. You go to a game, it's three overtimes, and you you show up, anything can happen.
0: Right. So, that was the end of golf. Um, pretty successful. I mean, Northridge had a great season. 21-0 in nine hole matches is crazy. Um to even, even be able to get 21 nine-hole matches in is incredible, <laughs> given yep. Mother Nature in Indiana. Incidentally,
1: um, now that the season's over, Mother Nature, you can start raining again.
0: Yeah, we don't mind the rain now. Um, didn't, you know, so...
1: Not you, like all the time, but periodically. Yeah,
0: make up for lost time. Um, you know, they went 21-0, they won the NLC, they won the sectional, third straight year, they qualified to for state as a, you know, as a team, which they haven't done in 11 years, um, you know, just a tremendous season and, you know, everyone but Reshley comes back next year. Obviously when you lose your number one guy, it's going to be hard to replace, but Connor Hostetler, the number two kid has been really good for them all year. Um, as long as they can get some, you know, more developed development from their four coming back and then another fifth player to add in there, like, I mean, they might be in the mix again next year to get to state. You never know. So, um, this should be fun. Should be fun to kind of see how they do. Um, And then the one other team that we still needed to wrap up from the season since our last episode here, Westview Baseball, lost in the semi-state semifinal, which is fun to say and fun to write. Semi-state semifinal. Did you get semi-sweet chocolate chips on your way home
1: from the semi-state
0: semifinal? I did not get semi-sweet chocolate chip cookies on my way back from the semi-state semifinal. I did not. Um, very sad. That's, but,
1: that's depressing. Semi-sweet chocolate does make a lot of things better.
0: Yes, it does. Not um, my waistline, but a lot of things. Notably, not the waistline, but everything else. Um, yeah, so they lost to Ileana Christian, who is now playing for the state championship on Friday night. I believe their game is Friday night. They played sometime this weekend for state. Um, 9-2 to was a final score, but the game was closer than that. Uh, for the first five innings or four and a half innings. Uh no runs through four. West you got a run top of the fifth. Looked like, hey, here we go. Maybe they're gonna hold on. And then uh Ileana just figured it out third time through the lineup. They got the whole they got they got to max angle and um they scored nine runs. They had nine hits all singles. <laughs> they just death by a thousand paper cuts basically. Yeah,
1: one of those where you know, it's one thing if you, you give up the beginning, you get back on track, but it just felt like a game where you couldn't couldn't quite stop the bleeding. You know, yeah, so. it just and once it, it never, opened, the, like the cut. You talk about a thousand paper cuts, like the cut never quite clots.
0: Right. It just once it, it had started nosebleeds like that. Yeah, once it started, it never stopped for the Vikings of Ileana Christian. So, uh, you know, a tough way to end the season for Westview, but you know, 19 and nine overall. And they only graduate two seniors, Maddie Mortred and Kylan Bender. So, you know, the in theory game, the on paper game, they're going to have a lot back next year, and they should be right in the mix to uh, contend for you know sectional, regional, semi states again. Yeah. So, and good for them. We think that we think it's good for them. Iliana should be going up to 3A because they won state last year and now they're playing for state again in 2A. Unless they reset it um, after this past year because they reclassified everybody. Unless the numbers reset, yeah, I don't I'm know how that works. Yeah, I'm not 100
1: sure how that worked with the three-year reclassification period from, last time.
0: From what I know, the Westview Westview is still wondering if their boys' soccer team moves up to 2A because they won state and they won a regional. So where are they going to be next year? Are they in 1A or 2A? They'll be in LaGrange County. I know where I know where they'll physically be where okay. will they be according to the IHSAA great question and a
1: bunch of other teams want to know that because well if they are in if they're in 2a that 1a sectional becomes a lot more wide open
0: yes but if they go up to 2a with also with Park Tudor who who's been their semi-state opponent the last two seasons so they've both those teams have right. six points but
1: in, in 2a you're gonna i mean don't you run into fort Wayne canterbury at that point
0: well, Can, yeah canterbury's part of it would probably be a regional opponent um so i mean obviously this is all you know we don't know so i'm not gonna spend too much time worrying about it not that's um, ever stopped us before no no it's what we do um on this podcast so
1: yeah no i was just thinking like. Westview baseball looks really good in the Stratomatic card sense for next year, but what they do when they get on the field is always the wild card. And that got me thinking, like, can you get Stratomatic sets of high school teams? Probably not, but Mm -hmm. I bet if you wanted it hard enough, you could figure it out.
0: Yes. Okay, so I know that was a lot of side talk about the soccer, but the baseball team is done. Um, Let's just go right into Westview boys soccer because we'll kind of do this End of 2022-23 season in chronological-ish order. Just wanted to highlight some of the things that happened this year. Uh, we had a lot going on. Truly a historic, uh, memorable, crazy, exciting. I think that's all the words I used yesterday in my yes. tweet um, to and describe this year because it was unbelievable in a lot of ways.
1: Uh, yeah. Is I'm trying to think. Where was the Westview Park Tudor semi-state soccer game? Kokomo. Was it at the same stadium?
0: No, no. They played baseball at Municipal Stadium. The co- they played the soccer at the high school.
1: Okay, because they have played that soccer semi yes. at Municipal
0: Stadium. Before. They've told they told me you about moved that. The when pitchers mound out of the way. Yeah. Yes. So then no, they played the soccer at high school. Okay. And they played the baseball at the stadium. Because I town. know like
1: IU Kokomo play, uses Municipal Stadium as its home soccer facility.
0: Right. Which is interesting. Um, so yeah. Uh, from the fall, I mean, we had some great soccer success. Westview boys were coming off that state title, and they were number one in one A for most of the year. Um, I forgot. I wish I should have written the goal margin down before, but it was like a hundred and forty to ten or whatever. This it was year with eighty billion to six, it was you're crazy. a little more precise. It was. It um, was
1: a lot of goals.
0: It, they scored a lot. and They only gave up like ten all year, um, and it was you know it was. People, it will be fun, you know, in a, in 20 years for people to go, you know, well, you know, the 2022 team was actually better than the 2021 team that won state, and they probably will be right. The talent was better on this team, but they ran into Park Tudor again in the semi-state and Park Tudor. Not only were they an even, you know, quality of talent, they had the motivation from last year to, to knock them off, and so Westview's... Season ended in semi-state, 2 nothing loss. Um, obviously, a very sad way to end. Park Tudor then won the state final, like, 9-0. Who'd they beat in the state final? I forget. Uh, who cares?
1: I don't know. Well, I saw, somebody from the southern half of the state.
0: Well, yeah, or, or like, North Indy. Um, yeah. Okay. Probably southern half the state. I was just state. looking
1: like your master sports spreadsheet doesn't
0: have goal difference on it. For, no,
1: sorry. Which is because it's your, I mean, that's the sort of thing that I keep track of, but then I'm a statistician by trade.
0: I I have the I wrote it in a story somewhere I sh- I did a bad job of preparing for this podcast I had a lot of other things I was taking care of um,
1: beforehand West, Westview for the record finished nineteen two and one
0: this year Who else did they lose to They lost to Northridge Not a bad and their draw was to Goshen who won us Goshen and Northridge played for a three A sectional championship this year right. Those
1: two schools going and combined twenty five nine and five Right
0: very good teams Goshen won its first sectional since twenty seventeen. Lost a really good I mean, it was a really good back and forth game with Penn in the regional semifinal. Yep. Um they had a nice year. Northridge boys had a nice year. Uh Bethany Boys won a sectional title. Bethany Girls won a sectional it was title. Region, the
1: boys regional was the night it poured?
0: Yes. The boys regional was the night it poured. The girls regional it was freezing.
1: That's right. And they were consecutive nights with completely yes. different weather. Yes, it was And I think I broke a chair.
0: It was seventy in, the press box. It was seventy in. Seventy and wet on Wednesday night, and forty and cold on Thursday night. Clear skies at least, but uh, I remember wearing multiple layers as I watched Argus beat Bethany in girls soccer.
1: I was wearing multiple layers, and I was inside.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Um, and then the next weekend, or that later that weekend, volleyball sectional. Yeah, Northwood volleyball won its first regional. Since 2010,
1: but they had to win sectional to get there. They
0: had to win the sectional to get there. Um, they won their first regional title since 2010, so that was really big deal. Lost in semi-state though to Belmont. That's been their Achilles heel the last four seasons. The season has ended uh, at the hands of the Belmont. Uh, they're not the Braves for women's so sports squads, right? Squire, yeah, something. They're trying to change it, I think, or maybe they're just the Braves for everything uh. now. The squaws don't exist anymore. I have I a remember. feeling that
1: Northwood people know the answer because they've just gotten tired of it.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, tough way to end the season for Northwood there, but they got to semi state. Um, another team that got to semi state, Goshen Boys Tennis. They were undefeated, all regular season, sectional, regional, first regional title since 2015. Um, and then they lost in semi state to North Central from Indianapolis who ended up winning the state championship so
1: that's not a bad I mean Indianapolis. the level of of tennis and and in the Indianapolis area is reasonably higher than the rest of the state I'd say except for like St. Joe
0: yeah um Um, yeah so they had a really great year um nothing to be ashamed of there Northridge also had a nice uh boys tennis season they they played Goshen in the regional final Westview was a Again, in the NECC was good. Isaiah Hostetler specifically reached the individual, uh, semi, or individual state semifinals, so he had a great run. Um, yeah, speaking of running, uh, cross country on the boys' side was very successful again for us this year. Individually, Noah Bontrager from Westview uh, broke the school record with uh, his semi-state winning performance of fifteen twenty. That's pretty I good. Mean, that's like a what after 50 something 5 mile maybe 5 not quite 506 pretty much okay. 506 and a half um, just an incredible race he won the NECC the sectional the regional the semi-state and then he was 12th at the state final he ran away with a lot of things he did um, as a freshman too yeah silly silly um, as a team northridge finished 8th again at the state meet the Miller brothers, Jackson, the senior, and then Baylor and Xavier, the freshman twins, um, leading the way there for the Raiders. Um, they got eighth at state. They were first time they won the regional as a team since 2013. And then they were second at the semi-state by like one point. So they almost won semi-state, obviously one sectional, NLC. Um, they kind of dominated those. So, uh, a really good year for them really good year for Bontrager. a couple northridge girls went to state Temi Bayless, haley Heil, so solid running all around but i'm going to go out a limb and lemon
1: guess we don't have any semi state champions next year what i'm going to go out a limb and lemon guess there will be no semi state champions in the area next year
0: that is a good bet to make because they turned uh, they changed the format they changed the format um as with, so no, many things
1: like, as with so many things I say on this podcast. This was podcast. a year
0: of change, by the way. Um, I have lost track on all the conference realignment. I know Jimtown's leaving, the NIC, along Do we with, have a
1: name for that new conference there's yet?
0: There's been no new name for the conference yet. I mean, we could but make something up. Darn near every school, I think, has moved in some way, shape, or form.
1: At least the mid-sized ones. Yeah.
0: A lot of schools between here and Indianapolis that are mid-sized have been moving around. Um, it's been interesting to follow. I... Someone needs, Someone just needs to sit down and draw it out for me, and then I'll figure out where everyone's at. But all I know. Well, they're is not that
1: moving. They're just redrawing the conference boundaries.
0: Right. Well, there was like one school that joined a conference just in football.
1: Right. Because Argus joined the. Oh goodness! What Ar, did Ar, Argus? The what, H-NAC? Argus went to the HNAC because the HNAC lost a couple of schools to this conference with no name. Uh, but Argus doesn't have football, so somebody else joined the HNAC in football. South Central Union Mills, maybe.
0: It sounds right. Um, and then, that. what does that mean for the Hoosier Plains Conference? Because, you know, now it's down to five. Right.
1: I mean, yeah. I think, the from my, what I understand, the conference... Number one, none of this is effective for another year yet.
0: Right. Nothing will go in... The 2023-4 conferences are what they are. Yeah. Well, some of them are, aren't. Tippy Valley is... Uh, a man without a land right Tippi now. Tippy Valley
1: got kicked out of the TRC, right?
0: Right. They got kicked out effective, like, immediately. Um, so they Don't are... Don't let the
1: door hit you or the good Lord's glitchy kind of deal.
0: Pretty much. Um, um, so they are they are a free agent. That makes their scheduling a whole lot of fun.
1: Mm, speaking of Vikings, pillaging, having fun with no, no home ground to return. Are you trying
0: to, to talk about the Raiders?
1: No. Tippy Valley's the Vikings, right?
0: Right. You said the Vikings. Right. What are we talking about? Where are you trying to go with this?
1: They're... they're I mean, they do have a reputation for uh, for marauding and pillaging and that whole thing.
0: Hey, don't say marauding around Northridge football, man. That's that's who they lost to. Mount Vernon. Yeah, Fortville. I was in Fortville on Monday night. Had a nice dinner there. I was like because that's that was near where I was staying. Oh yeah, yeah. First state I went down Monday night for to stay with my people because uh, they teed off at 8 a.m. Tuesday. So I wanted teed off at 8 a.m. Uh, not the people I was staying with. I don't know if they. I don't know if they golfed while I was at the golf state meet, but they. I don't and think we know they how did. we know how your golf game. Works. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on. Northridge football won a sectional again, second straight year. Uh, maybe took advantage of a less than 100 percent Northwood team. Um, Northwood was really good for the first 11 weeks. Um, did not have a loss, actually. And but then stuff happened. Things happened, and uh, Northridge was able to kind of capitalize on that. They were a good team, for the record. Northridge was solid all year, but um, I don't know if how they would have done against a 100% Northwood. I guess we did know, because Northwood beat them by 40 in the regular season. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, hey... Chad Epley has built a really good program at Northridge. They buy in. Obviously, two years ago, they made a magical run to state. This past year, they won a sectional championship. You still got to go out there and play the game and win. You know, you still got to make the plays. You still got to have guys yeah. to believe. It's not any one any team could have, in theory, capitalized on Northwood's issues. And Northridge ended up being the team that did it.
1: Yeah. I'm also thinking that I mean Northridge is not necessarily happy about the way that its season ended. You talked about that game with uh, Mount it's Vroom the worst the game I've,
0: it's the worst experience I've had in five years. And you got, didn't you get South Clay showing
1: up late and Goshen yes. winning by sixty?
0: Yes, at least I was in. The, oh, at least I was warm that night. There's there's that. Um, I froze my butt off to watch Northridge football lose by. Has it grown back? Fifty six. What are you no, sitting on? Uh, I don't think it is. It's it's rounding into shape, but okay. Um,
1: um, I'm I'm drawing a blank. That what'd was what you say it was. I mean, it was was it? It wasn't fifty seven to seven. That was penned against Warren Central in the state finals like fifteen years ago.
0: It was. I think it was. I mean, it was forty nine zero at half. I I don't try to remember. So where the I was going half. with that
1: is, you still got to get that. I mean, that game not memorable. You still got that far, much right. like we were just talking about in golf.
0: Right. Um, the winner. Let's talk about the winner. What happened in the winner? Not you, much.
1: You, uh, we got to eat lunch at five guys outside of Gainbridge field house. Uh, once and you were down there another time a month later. And anytime you get to make two trips to Indy in March, you're for basketball purposes, you're doing pretty good.
0: I technically made three trips to Gainbridge Fieldhouse. One of them, Fieldhouse. like you made
1: a basketball trip that turned into a wrestling trip to Indy. So I would, wasn't counting that in quite the same way, but you yes. did end up at Gainbridge Fieldhouse.
0: I was in Gainbridge Fieldhouse three times in a five week span to uh, watch high school sports um, because I, in my time here, we've had two seasons that kind of stand out above the rest. It was the fall of 2021, which was Westview soccer, winning state, Northridge football, going to state, great cross country teams, whatever. It was, it was incredible. And the winner of 2022, three, which was Fairfield girls, basketball, winning state, Bethany Christian, girls, basketball, going to state, Northwood boys, basketball, winning state. We had three swimming teams on the girls side, finished top, 12, I believe, at state. Multiple all state swimmers uh, in in there. Lucas Bird from Elkhart was a runner up, I believe, in the 100 breaststroke on the boys swim side in the state meet. Um, We had 11 wrestlers go to state, eight get to the second day. So they were all state, all state selections. So 114th of the folks on the second day were from our coverage area? Pretty much. Um, Just an incredible, incredible run. I mean, the basketball, of course. Three sectional champions for each girls and the boys. And Northridge girls won a sectional. Uh, That game against Elkhart for the sectional title, maybe the best game I covered this year, just in terms of it was back and forth the whole way. Never got above five or six points. And it just was good basketball. It was just good, fun, high school basketball that you wanted to watch with a really loud gym. And it was just really cool. It was really cool. So...
1: I remember being in here, I think, the Tuesday after that game, looking forward to regionals, and
0: the, the feeling was
1: sort of, if that's where the season peaks, we we go out on a high note. And the season did not peak there.
0: No. I mean, no. It did for Northridge. Yeah, Northridge would lose at regional. They couldn't make a shot to save their lives. It was...
1: Funny how those things often happen in the same it was, week.
0: It was depressing. <laughs> it really was. But, um, you know, Bethany... I got to follow Bethany closer than Fairfield just because I was at the Bethany regional game, the semi state games, uh, obviously the state final, too. Um, that semi state day where I covered the first game at like noon, they made a comeback in the fourth quarter to beat uh, Washington, they play Township. First Washington Township because um, the other two teams are Tri County and just Tri. Um, they finished with
1: Tri Township. Yeah.
0: It was. All sorts of whatever. Anyway, um, they played Washington Township, big comeback, second half, win the game. I drove down to Indianapolis to get photos of our wrestlers at state, then drove back to Frankfurt, watched them play in the regional, or sorry, semi-state final against Try And Mariah Stolzfus, which, shot out, by the way, I hope she's doing better. Um, looked like she had some health issues, so to say, Um, but she's doing better. Yeah, still not exactly sure what happened there,
1: but I saw that her coach, uh, Kristen Parson, made a comment that I can tell she's not fully back to 100% yet because she refused to play at practice, and she would never do that at full strength.
0: Right, Uh, but Mariah Stolzfus, that Saturday night, uh, Saturday, February 18th.
1: That goes to what we saw in that game.
0: It was the most... Nothing was going to stop her. It was maybe the single most incredible performance I've seen from an athlete in my time here. I'm. Right. I, I don't think that's hyperbole. Um, it was,
1: You see more high school athletes than I do, but it's not. Definitely not hyperbole for me. I mean, she,
0: all five foot two of her or three. I forgot what her height was. I said five foot one once, and she corrected me. Um, she put the whole team, community, school, whatever, on her back, and said, "We are not losing. We're right. not losing both games." I remember, there was both a moment games.
1: about. Four minutes to go in the fourth quarter of that semi-state, maybe three and a half. Final. The final. Final. Where it's like, wait a second, that this might actually happen. Yeah. Because you, I mean, Bethany went that far on the backs. Yes, of two eighty percent. I mean, two two studs, Stolzfuhs and Zoe Willems. Yeah. Who was actually their leading scorer, and we haven't talked about it yet,
0: which is crazy.
1: Um, but it's just the whole. And then you can throw five or six other people out there, and it's a drop off, but it's not that big of a drop off for a one A school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, there's still definitely people that are contributing. Kirsten Todd had a couple of big putbacks, I think, in the third quarter of that game. Yeah. Um, and there's a point where it's like, oh, it was the point where Bethany got into the bonus, and it's like, unless they turn the ball over, which happens, but not real often, you've got. You're probably going to get the ball in the hands of Willems or Stolzfus. You're getting free throws. They're eighty. You know they're both eighty percent plus shooters. And and they in, Try hasn't really figured out how to get anything going consistently on offense. And like there's still time to go, but the ball was very much in your court.
0: Yeah, it was. It was a magical day. Um, I. I didn't get back home till like two a.m. and I still worked for two more hours. I've never, I can't explain the adrenaline rush that I had that night. Yeah, um, it's a one. It was like a once in a lifetime. I've, I wasn't even tired. I mean, I think I was tired, oh, but yeah. I wasn't. Like I, I wrote a column and because Fairfield had just won two and they won in, you know, they beat Tippy Valley early and that was a comfortable win, but they had a big, nice win against number one. Um, Twin Lakes in the semi-state championship game. Yes. And it was just like, man, this is awesome. Two teams five miles away in the same county. and Went they, to
1: state and played two teams that are like 10 miles apart in the same county. Right.
0: It was just poetic, man. It was just this amazing night. And right. it was two, two communities that had never experienced it either. I know Elkhart County hasn't had a lot of success in terms of getting girls basketball teams down there but like you know bethany in its existence this was never a thought really until 20 years ago 25 years ago with the invention of class sports i mean could you imagine a bethany team in a one class system making a run and anything it would be really really there would
1: have been there would have been some soccer teams back in the day right that's about it
0: but that's when soccer really that was wasn't played by a lot right
1: soccer was a a pretty niche sport really into uh, into our lifetimes right um but it was also poetic in terms of coaching staffs that have given a lot to their community right. getting rewarded for that work. That's I mean, that's very much true when I assume we're going to talk about boys basketball here in a little bit as well. Um, and yeah, that was, and then, you know, you went to state and okay, it went better for Fairfield than it did for, Fairfield got a bigger trophy. They did. Uh Bethany had one of those performances that they will not write home about that state final, but they will absolutely write home about the fact that they played in that state and
0: final. Look, I I got this talk to uh, Hank Willems the other day, actually, random at the auto shop. That was nice. Um, and look, Lanesville was the better team, man. They just were. Lanes, I mean, they just were.
1: Bethany was the survivor of a bunch of top ten level teams in the north. Yeah. Lanesville was the legitimate number one team in the state.
0: Lanesville could have won the. Th- they could have won the two A game. Right. I remember sitting through that. And they could that, have contended for the three A game.
1: I remember sitting through that two A game, which I didn't really care about, but I was on the floor at the state finals and I was not going to move.
0: Unless they physically move you. Right. Yeah. I watched the fourth quarter of that game. It was a great game, by the way. Forest right. Park. That was a pretty good game, even though Forest somebody Park, blew lapel. an
1: ACL in the first quarter. Yeah.
0: Forest Park and Lapel, I believe, were the two teams, right? Um You could have
1: knocked me were, over with a feather. But Forest yes.
0: Park. Forest Park. <laughs> Mm. Okay, regroup. The Forest Rangers Park won the game.
1: Forest Park. The Rangers beat the Bulldogs of Lapel, but Lapel had a shot to tie it in it, the fourth quarter at the buzzer.
0: At the, at buzzer. the buzzer, it was a, and it was close. It was close. Yes, um, yeah. So, but I, anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Bethany again, a, incredible. Yeah, incredible season. Right. And then Fairfield that night. That night, you know, capped off really a, a four-year odyssey with this group. I mean, yep. Brody's daughter, Bria Bailey Willard. Delaney Geiger and Morgan Gothrop, the four of them, and Brody. Like, if you really want to, you know, a 10-year odyssey for Brody with his daughter as his, you know, as his lead player coming up through the program, you know, their first year in high school, they lose in the sectional. Second year, they win sectional, lose the regional semi. Third year, win sectional, win regional, lose in the semi-state when it was a one game. Senior year, win the sectional, win the regional, win the two game semi-state in the new format. And then they win state like it literally it built every year. This was going to be the year Fairfield was going to make the run and they made the run and you just couldn't help, but feel really, really good for everyone involved in that team, the community. I mean, they have had some really solid teams across the board in sports, volleyball, notably going to state every year until Muncie Burris eventually beat them. Um, sorry to bring up bad memories, Fairfield, um, but it was like, finally, finally, there were so many people that had waited so long for this moment. It just, you couldn't help but feel really good for those people. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's That was an amazing night. An amazing I mean, night.
1: One of the things that struck me, and I think that was the first time I've been to the state finals in any sport. And it's like, there are a lot of schools where it's like, oh yeah, we got to put the state finals in a big, big building. And it's like, it's an event on the calendar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Gainbridge Fieldhouse did not feel like I mean, it wasn't a full house, especially not in the morning, but it didn't feel empty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's then, like,
1: this is, this is an event that they're proud that they are legitimately proud to host yeah. as opposed to just saying they're proud to host. I'm not sure how much the governor actually paid attention, but he showed up.
0: I mean, yeah. And he did that for the boys too. He was
1: about eight, you know, he was like eight seats down from us on the floor.
0: Yeah, it's I cannot cool.
1: confirm that Dan Boddicker made small talk with the governor of Indiana, but I would not be surprised by that news.
0: Dan Boddicker makes small talk with everybody. Oh, so he it was, I mean, it was, we were
1: like three, three, three seats down from the man. Yeah. By, he got the seat closest to the halfway line in the Bethany section on the floor by like the unanimous consent of there's one person who gets the number one seat here.
0: Right, um, it's Dan Boddicker.
1: And... Uh, I mean, he was making small talk to the officials about officiating during the TV timeouts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then four weeks later, got to go back to Gainbridge Fieldhouse again and see the Northwood boys basketball team win the 3A state title. I listened um, to
1: it in the parking lot at Wings, etc. <laughs> a
0: little bit little bit of a different atmosphere there. Uh, probably. Um, yeah. I mean, by the time the fourth quarter of that game rolled around, Gamebridge. Fieldhouse legitimately had 13,000 people in there, 14,000 people, because um, the 4A game crowd was filing in, Kokomo and Ben Davis. Right. And you already had the huge Northwood fans in there, <laughs> a lot of Northwood fans. And Garen Catholic too, brought a surprisingly strong crowd. Yeah. I know I the mean, Catholic – A lot of the private schools don't bring a big contingency, but they had a good crowd. Right. I'll give them you that. Had, it uh, wasn't Northwood, but they had, they had their fans. It for
1: was sure. – I mean – you talk about a dream setup, getting Northwood and Kokomo. I mean, those are yeah. two of the, I will say, two probably of probably the better fan bases in the
0: state. Yeah. Uh, it, don't at me. Um, I'm, I'm, it's, it's true. I mean, it's true. And and also, that 4A game, I mean, the story And lines. Ben
1: Davis maybe doesn't draw on a percentage basis quite the way that Northridge and Kokomo do. But there are a lot of people in Ben Davis.
0: Right. So, um, Northwood, you know, they were the best team in 3A. Start to finish, basically, this year. Um, Only slip-ups came against Ben Davis, which, you you know, everyone lost to them. And Beach Grove, early in a tournament. So, they had, you know, an incredible run. They were, they kind of, I don't want to say they dominated in the postseason. There were a couple games where it was a little tense. The both semi-state games were, you know, they were in control, but they weren't runaways. Uh, And then, state championship game, man, they were up. It was almost going too well. It was like game seven of the 2016 World Series. It was going too well. Right, and you then it You knew something was going to happen, and sure enough, Rajay Davis hit a home run. <laughs> so, um, Garen Catholic made its comeback, forced overtime. Then they almost won the game in this overtime. Northwood held on. Um, just an incredible team, man. Kate Brenner. Again, like Fairfield, it was like the build, basically. They... Northwood had reached the final eight the prior two seasons, lost to a really good Leo team both times. If it was going to happen, this was going to be the year it was going to happen. Cade Brenner, Ian Roche, the younger Roche, Tyler, coming up as a sophomore, Ethan Wolf, Brock Bontrager, J.J. Payne kind of rounding out that rotation. Great defense. um, You know, the Mental Attitude Award winner, right? The Fairfield-Northwood teams, I wrote that column about it, after Northwood won, but the similarities, you know, were, uh, it was crazy how very similar they were with the defense and the seniors and the mental attitude and the coach that put in a decade plus to the team and, and you know, the, the role players that stepped up and what they did and um, just a truly cool, awesome feeling just to have those two titles back-to-back Um, and again, Elkhart County, we don't get this often. So it was just really cool to see that and see two communities that really, 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 really care about high school sports get to see their team win, win the big one.
1: Yes. You talked about when you came here that one of the things that stood out about Michigan, and I will say about those, I mean, those two communities and I'd put Westview in that category too. I mean, these are there was this sense in the fifties that Hoosier hysteria was a big deal because you could rep your community on the biggest stage in the state. When you have, you know, 60 boys in your entire school, there is a chance that you can play at that point at Butler field house. I don't get the sense that high school sports still carries that same weight in some communities, but Fairfield, Northwood, Westview, some of those, that's still very much the case. And while that is true, when your team loses, it's really fun when your team wins.
0: Yes, um, so that's kind of a bow on the winter, and then spring. Let's we'll talk about the spring a little bit. We already talked about golf and baseball, so I don't really want to kind of – I mean, golf, yep, did it. <laughs> we already did that. Baseball, Westview, but also shout out Fairfield. Fairfield Baseball had a really nice year. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to, you know, not give them their flowers, but they had, they had a great season um, I'm trying to find a tweet, so this is this is tough. Um,
1: trying to find a tweet and talk at the same time?
0: It's tough, because I want to talk about Tyra Markham from Goshen Softball. Yeah. Um, Sorry we kind of brisked over uh, Fairfield Baseball. Won the NECC for the first time in a couple years. Um, had a great season. Alec Hirschberger, All-State. Um, he's an All-Star for baseball. Pitcher going to Taylor after this. So, really good career. Um you know, unfortunately lost in a tough uh, sectional final game to East Noble, but they um, still had a great year. Just want to give them a shout-out because it was uh, a pretty pretty good season. So, um, Tyra Markham just wanted to get this out of the way. So, not out of the way. That sounds bad. Um, she had an incredible season and, and caps off an incredible three-year career because this is a – this is the last group of athletes that were affected by COVID. They did not have their senior season, so or sorry, they didn't have their freshman season. It's the last bad. one. That, I'm sorry. I'm just the last thing. one
1: that had. I like. I wouldn't say that next year's senior class didn't have their freshman year affected by COVID, but they had a season.
0: Right. So here are the single season records Tyra Markham owns at Goshen Softball: um, six forty three batting average, which happened this year. Um, 10 home runs also happened this year, and then 47 RBIs and 6 triples in her sophomore season are records at Goshen uh, as a sophomore, for the record. Um, Career batting average, career RBIs, career triples, career home runs, career on-base percentage, also her records that she has. Uh, 583 batting average, 114 RBIs, 21 homers, 12 triples, 669 on-base percentage
1: if it if uh it involved hitting the softball she could do it and do it really well.
0: Oh and she was also a really solid pitcher at times or most yeah. of the time. So for the record. Um so yeah, again she's on the all-star team as well for softball. Um just a really good career, really really good career. Um just wanted to make sure she gets around. And she's now joining the Division 3 National Champions and trying uh, for a collegiate career.
1: Yeah, that's uh <laughs> Only one team in the country gets to say it's the national champion. I mean, there's multiple levels. So there's you know, an AIA champion and a D3 champion and an Oklahoma and a D2 champion. But trying uh big finish for them, a little bit out of our coverage area, but they did, were they the ones that lost their first game at nationals, lost their first yes. game in the championship series, yes. and still won both of them?
0: Yes. Yep. They rallied from deficits in the overall, like the pool play, Bracket double, double elimination. The, I double think. elimination bracket, and then they rallied in the best of three championship. They won two games in one day to win the title. Um, walk off hit as well to win one zero. That girl who had the walk off hit as well, she hadn't had it in a bat since like late April. So she makes a big catch as a catcher. She makes a catch up against the fence or the netting in the top of the seventh. Then hits the game winning championship winning uh single in the bottom of the seventh. Not a bad way to go out. How about that? No.
1: And that's, I mean, at the D3 level, you're, uh, for a lot of, I mean, it's one thing, well, certainly in softball, it's different than baseball, just in the sense of the professional opportunities not being quite as numerous. Uh, But at the D3 level, so often, that's the pinnacle of your athletic career. Right. You You, they are the folks we're talking about in that annoying NCAA spot about 98 percent of athletes go pro in something other than sports that number is even higher in D3 yeah
0: that, um, the number is 99.99 probably I haven't done
1: the math on that but yes
0: that sounds right one every couple of years um yeah so great career for her um softball as a whole was not good for us but spin zone Two of the state champions came out of our sectionals that we cover.
1: So <laughs> yeah, we took some l's to some fairly uh, right, fairly good teams.
0: Pen Pen in four a, New Prairie in three a, which that's another community. New Prairie, shout out them. That's a team that you know right doesn't win an, that first ever state title in school history. A lot of people have been around there a long uh, time. So. Oh,
1: and who won the NIC this year? Saint Joe.
0: Not one of the state champions. Not one of the state champions. Right. I mean, Penn, admittedly, they
1: were playing in 4A because they had won 3A last year. Right. But when and you're, the, in, I mean, this is why Jimtown wanted out of the NIC.
0: Right. And Penn. Penn, by the way, beat arguably the two best pitchers in the state. Yes. Uh, they beat Berkey Zach from St. Joe in the regional, and then they beat Morgan or it's the name Morgan Roth, Rothrock. Rothrock is her last name.
1: Yeah, Rothrock is her last name. I think Morgan is right.
0: That sounded right. I felt I felt confident saying it. Um, regardless, Rothrock, like the, the, the three time Gatorade Player of the Year in this state. Um, she could only win it three times for the record because she, right. she it didn't got, have it never a freshman, freshman season. Um, going to Florida, um, and she, you know, Penn beat her like the Florida, the, the University of Florida Gators. Go, go Gators! Trump, you can go Trump. hang out with Evan. She can hang out with Evan if she wanted to. Yes. Um, shout out Evan. Remember him? Uh, remember when he left this year? What a rude guy. Um, that was said sarcastically for the record. Yes. Um, good boys luck. And, good, good luck, <laughs> Evan. We just don't talk to you as much now. <laughs> boys and girls track. Um, solid years. Um, notably, Emma Yoder, Discus, sixth place in state. Really good. She was third as a sophomore, sixth as a junior from Wawasee, so... Uh, A nice, uh, solid junior season. Um, Macy Swinehart from Concord also was All-State in shot put uh, with a ninth-place finish. Max Malloy on the boys' side from Elkhart was an All-State runner in the 1600. Um, You know, Elkhart won the team sectional, um, which was nice. Concord had a really good year overall. The depth for the Concord girls, I should say, was really good. Northridge boys had some... Strong showings, uh, Jackson Miller, notably, uh, in three events: the 800, the 4x4, and the 4x8. Hey, that's the
1: second time we've talked about Jackson Miller today. He
0: might, you might hear his name at the Goshen New Sports Awards Show. I'm just gonna I'd say there's a
1: decent chance of that. I mean, yes,
0: gonna put that out there. Not only is he a really good athlete, he had a, I think he graduated top of the class at Northridge, and he's going that to MIT. Wouldn't surprise me knowing that family. Yes. Um. So he's pretty good. Lot of things smart, runs really fast. Uh, you tried to than catch most. up with him
1: to comment, but he ran away.
0: Uh, yeah, I he gets he can. I think it would take him one and a half laps to lap me. Yeah,
1: I, I have no evidence to back that up because I haven't seen you run a lap and a half, but
0: I no, like I would be halfway around. So you're saying he would do three
1: laps in the time it would take you to do one?
0: I think he could do one and a half in the time it takes me to do a half. That maybe not that bad, but like
1: that's, I mean, that that would be extrapolated. To, I mean, that's three times the distance,
0: right? I think, I think in the time it takes me to do one, he could do two for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely for sure, he would pass me.
1: Mm, yeah, I don't know. I think th- I think a lap and a half to lap you might be a little on the short side, but you're not that far off.
0: It would be ugly. I gotta like lose a lot of weight. Um, (laughs) So, um, parade
1: 5,000 is coming up in a month and a half here.
0: Thanks for reminding me. Um, girls, tennis, last sport, Northwood had a really, I mean, historic year. They won the NLC for the first time in 35 years, um, way before we were born. Um, and then they won a sectional title first time since 2019 first regional since 2009, Ran into a really good Fishers team. The same thing we talked about kind of with the boys' tennis where eventually you got to play an Indianapolis-based school. And they tend to be better at these sports than we do up here. So, um, but an incredible year. I believe 18-2, uh, and 16-2 was their final record. Um, they only The only other loss was to Penn, who's also a very good team. So, right. Tiff Schwartz, man, she puts a lot of time and energy into that program. Yeah. So, it was really cool. Is she
1: still coaching both boys and girls? She does coach both. Yeah. Yeah. that's. I mean, so, not only is she putting in a bunch of effort, she's doing
0: it twice. Yeah. So, um, just a tremendous year. I mean, seriously. um, I don't think it's – it's not hyperbole to say it was historic um, with two state champions in basketball back-to-back in a month um, and two schools that had – Fairfield that never won a state title in anything – and it was the first boys basketball state title for Northwood. And right. And it puts them in a list of like 12 schools in the state that have won titles in both basketballs and football.
1: And half of that group is from Indianapolis and half of what's left is parochial.
0: Right. So Northwood is in a kind of an elite yes. category. In a school that has been to the mountaintop a few times, they
1: finally reached the big one. Right. Not that football's not a big deal. Not that Dan Gunn and the Black Swish didn't. You mean Steve awesome. Neff? Steve Neff. Thank you. Why did I say Dan Gunn? Because he was a boys coach at the time? Yeah, he did cool things, but I, that was not what I was trying to talk about. Yeah. Uh, not that Steve Neff and the Black Switch didn't do cool stuff. Not or Adam have, Yoder. Yeah, or they Adam. won You know, they won that a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. We're not that... I mean, Shauna Zolman was in our coverage area, and that was a, a whole thing of its own. But but Northwood, I mean, first time... I guess Walsh is not in Elkhart County, and I'm going to do an Elkhart County stat. Uh First time in 19 years we had an Elkhart County school win the boys basketball state championship. Right. And only that the was, second ever. That was Jimtown in 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, what highway connects Jimtown and Northwood? 19. How many years has it been since Jimtown won state? 19.
0: Whoa. That's wild.
1: <laughs> what amazes me is that stat was on Twitter within like five minutes of the final buzzer. Like somebody had been sitting on that.
0: Oh, and it, it wasn't me.
1: Was it Chuck? No. Mm. Anthony Anderson.
0: Oh, Anthony was. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was <laughs> sitting on that. Uh, Anthony's good with that stuff. Um, yeah. So, and uh, just a personal side. Uh, thank y'all for that support for this year. It's been crazy. Um, and it's been really hard. Uh, being a one man show the last five and a half months. But my God, did a couple state titles make that a little easier? Yeah. Emotionally, um,
1: those. I mean, like. I sat in the car for six hours on the way to and from Indianapolis, that, that girls basketball state day. And it's like, it would have, would have been cool to see my alma mater play, which I did. They lost by 20. Uh, having Fairfield come back, I mean, not that I was living and dying with Fairfield in quite the same way, but you still get the high of that win. Yeah. Uh, that is a moment that they cannot take away from you, regardless of where the rest of your life goes. True most of all for the players and the people on that bench, yeah. but true as well for the literally thousands of people from Elkhart County that went down that day.
0: It was an amazing day for our county, our city, Goshen. Mm-hmm. Um, speak, dang it, I'm going to do the segue now. Uh, yeah, it was we just great. We talk more
1: about that in a second.
0: Speaking yeah. of City Goshen, the Goshen City FC, um, they have clinched a playoff spot in the UPSL Midwest Division.
1: Midwest Central. Midwest
0: Central Division, sorry. Um, They are currently third place with a record of four wins, three losses, and two draws. They have not lost a game in five straight, um, which is good. I would say that's That's good. good. They Uh, haven't lost at home. Three wins and two draws, I believe, are in that because they had a road win, uh, road, air quote, win that they called a home game, but it was played in Springfield, Illinois. So, um, work with that as you would like, but going into this weekend, they have one last game on father's day Sunday against, um, who are they playing? Lake, Lake FC, Lake FC, who is one, six and two second worst team in the table. The worst goal differential in the league is like FC minus 20, uh, and so, a win for Goshen City FC guarantees them a home playoff game Wednesday at Goshen College. Uh, by the way, the Sunday game, five p.m. at Goshen College. Thank you. I
1: got it wrong on my league schedule in front of me.
0: Five p.m. Sunday. Um, I don't know why the UPSL website does not have the times right. I think often. the U. I mean,
1: Goshen is in a weird spot. The UPSL Midwest Central Conference, which is way too long. Uh, yes. is 10 of the 11 teams are in is- Illinois and Wisconsin. Right. And I think somebody somewhere along the way got very confused about what time zone Goshen is in.
0: Yes. So, what's guaranteed is Goshen City will be playing a playoff game Wednesday night. What's not set is where they will play it and who they will play. There are a lot of scenarios. Yeah. Wednesday um, night. Would you like to try to... Or, we will
1: try to do this in a condensed I'm fashion. A,
0: this is a Tony Miller special. I might just lay low for a few minutes.
1: Concise is not my mother tongue, unfortunately. Basically, as many of you know,
0: City FC has a really good chance to finish third, which would give them a playoff game. So, no matter what, by the way, Chicago Nation and Wisloka Chicago are locked in to the top two seats. The Nation is 9-0-0 with one game to play. They're pretty good. Wisloka 7-0-2. one of those draws is to Goshen City FC.
1: Dude. Chicago you want, Nation, you said they're pretty good. They're winning by an average of four goals a game. You want the three seed.
0: You, a, want you want the three seed.
1: A, you want the three seed in the sense that you're on the side of the bracket with, with Sloca.
0: Right, who you oh, played the well, way, who you should have beat.
1: Their two or Those two teams play finished the season by playing each other. Who? With and Chicago? Yeah, with and Chicago Nation. They, which Chicago Nation's hosting that eight thirty Saturday and night?
0: They have they that have... game.
1: Actually, doesn't mean a thing for playoff seating because no. they're both locked into the one and the two seats. Um, but that's going to be. I am going to go out on a limb here and guess that that is the largest non goshen City FC crowd of the season in the conference. Probably, it should be. I, think they're, I mean, I think they're probably the two best teams, although Goshen City FC, if you look at the end of their season, might be hotter right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, backing up, six games in the league this weekend. That one involves a couple of teams that have – it's the most important one in terms of being the best probably, but it also doesn't mean anything because they're locked in place. Um, then you've got three through six is a mess. Soccer, you do three points for a win, one for a tie. Goshen City FC, Isthmus City FC, United Serbian SC, and Sueño, F- SC, no, sueño FC.
0: No, FC. Just say Sueño. Sueño. Sueño.
1: It's, I mean, they're going for the living the dream and playing soccer. Sueño being dream in Spanish. Uh, all of them on 14 or 13 points going into the final weekend. United Serbian SC lost to Goshen City, they are playing the team ahead of them and the team they're tied with. Don't ask me why they are playing two conference games back-to-back in less than 24 hours. I did not make the schedule, not my circus, not my monkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Svegno plays United-Serbian at 4 o'clock on Saturday. United-Serbian turns around, travels to Madison, goes over uh, to Isthmus, F- Isthmus at 2 o'clock on Sunday. The key here being that is four hours before Goshen kicks off with Lake FC. They really should know the result going into their game. Right. Okay, if Goshen wins, they're on 17 points. Isthmus City can catch them. They cannot pass them. The tiebreaker is goal difference. And Goshen City, with a win, would be up by at least 20 goals. When was the last time you saw 20 goals in the soccer game, Austin?
0: Um, Never.
1: I don't think I've done that in a video game. And I've done some pretty ridiculous things in video games. Um, If Goshen wins, Swayno can't catch them. Isma City can catch them, but not pass them. So Goshen has the tiebreaker edge. United Serbian can catch them as long as they don't lose either of those games. I think those are both pretty close to coin flips. United Serbian though trails Goshen by, in this scenario, 10 goals in goal difference. They will likely lose the tiebreaker unless they win both games. Win in a draw, they'll catch them, but not pass. Um, with a tie, Goshen's going to be on 15 points. Goshen's got the best goal difference of any of the teams around them. So they're going to be well set for tiebreaker scenarios. Uh, in the pro soccer table, yes, we looked up the U, the UPSL handbook about this. We had to dig through a bunch of other stuff that we didn't really care about or that we laughed at for other reasons. Austin, I think you know which one I'm talking about there. Yes. Um, the tie, Where I'm going with that, goal difference is the tiebreaker before head-to-head. So the fact that Goshen's lost to a couple of these teams doesn't matter because they put a hurt on Panathinaikos, for example. 8-0, um, and then was it 6-2 in their second game? Or 5-2? They did really well.
0: Against us, uh against... Um,
1: United-Serbian.
0: Yeah, the second game, yeah, they, they won that game. Yeah, it was like 6-2.
1: We were both there, and neither one of us remember what score it actually it was. It was
0: a lot to a little.
1: Uh, anyway, so, with a tie, if Goshen FC ties, they finish the season 4-3-3, three, three, 15 points. They're doing well on goal difference. If they tie, they're at exactly 11. Um, there are nine remaining scenarios for the two United-Serbian games. And in six of those, Goshen hosts.
0: Basically, it comes down to this. If Goshen City FC wins, they will host. It's a matter of, can United-Serbian win both of its games right. on back-to-back days if, to um, pass them for third,
1: if Goshen wins, they will win. Or Goshen wins, they will definitely host, and they will. I would say likely be the three seed. We don't know that; it might not right.
0: happen. Serbian is the only team that can catch them. But I would say, with, with a win, Serbian is the only team that can catch them. Right,
1: but I would say more likely than not, they're the three seed.
0: If Serbian, if they, if Serbian loses Saturday. Goshen with a win locks the three seed. doesn't matter right. what they do. What does it matter what Serbian does on Sunday?
1: The other thing is that Goshen has the last game in the league. So we will be able to say at the end of that. I mean, at the end of that game, we'll say, don't run with scissors because we always do that. Um, but at the end of that game, we'll also know what the playoff bracket looks like.
0: Yes. And um, so if, if they... Goshen
1: ties, they're definitely in the playoffs. They're likely the four seed. Even if Goshen loses, which they really shouldn't because I don't get the sense that Lake FC is all that great. They will be in the playoffs, and they still have a chance of being the four seed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Goshen's in. They're dancing, no matter what. They're in the playoffs. It's just a matter of where they will be at in the playoffs. And they, we could know be, that that, they could be six, they could be three, four, five. Right. Um, they and can't then be two or one. Who
1: they will play is interesting because Springfield and Panathinaikos are on the outside looking in, but if Sueno loses to United Serbian... Or if, Suenio beats, or if United Serbian loses both games, they can still get in. And then there's that whole matter of who finishes where between United Serbian and Suenjo.
0: Right. There's a lot of moving pieces. Um, but the good thing is, for the most part, is Goshen City FC controls their own destiny. They control their own destiny for at least a home playoff game. Yeah. And more than likely the three-seed, barring some crazy stuff. Right. So...
1: United... I mean... I do think, I mean, this United-Serbian, not a team that's had a ton of depth. They're playing two games back-to-back, and they're playing middle-of-the-table teams. Teams that have a lot to play for right Teams now. that have a lot to play for, to the point that I think it's going to be very hard for them to put two top-quality games back together, back-to-back. Right. The so, question is, can they win with, you know, can you win at 80%? That's definitely a skill in the world of sports.
0: Right. So, um, City FC, Goshen City FC will be playing... Like I said, to recap, Sunday, 5 p.m. regular season finale, Lake FC, um, who is again one six and two, so they have a chance to win that game. Right, they beat the Chicago Strikers, who are the worst team in the league last week, four to zero, and they had ten guys for most of the game because of a penalty, not because they had low numbers. Um,
1: uh, a red card, Austin. We're not it was talking a red about card. hockey.
0: Right. What did I say? A penalty. Well, yeah, it was a penalty. It's a red card. Okay. Um, a penalty anyway. in the
1: descriptive sense, but not in the soccer sense.
0: Anyway, they won 4 0 against the worst team in the league. Now they play the second worst team in the league, and hopefully they'll be at full strength. Um, and have the, 11 guys. Get the job done. Get a win. Host Wednesday. Take your chances going into a. Hopefully, you know, hopefully you can win Wednesday and then take your chances in a semifinal game right. Saturday. So. Um, And we do know... And then, yeah, the semifinals are Saturday. Next Saturday, the 25th, Those or 24th. Those would
1: be on the road at the one and two seeds, because they get buys. There's also a... I mean, if you're the three or four, in the organic matter hits the fan scenario, if both the one and the two go down in the semifinals, somebody's got to host that final.
0: There is a... Outside chance that Goshen City FC could host the championship game of this thing. Yes.
1: And I do have... I, I Goshen FC hasn't lost at home. They They've drawn several hundred people even when a storm rolls through 45 minutes before kickoff. I don't think Goshen... I don't think the Ingold Athletic Complex is a venue that visiting teams want to come
0: to. Right. It's been a tremendously successful season so far for them. Uh, I have a little bit of a story coming on it's in the newspaper we'll try to streamline some of this <laughs> conversation into the yeah, article you have
1: editors for that. Yeah. Well, we don't I have editors my own, here.
0: I am my own editor, but it is what it, I can't edit your your, your stream of consciousness. Oh no, I can't even edit my own stream of consciousness sometimes. <laughs> so That's it for this week's edition of the Gocha News Sports also, podcast. Also uh, oh. a couple couple other things
1: on sort of the national sports front. Uh college world series starts this weekend. Notre Dame's not in it. Um no. we've got the U.S. Open, the toughest test in golf going on right now in L.A.
0: In Los Angeles. And
1: yep. the other thing is, oh, where well, I was going to segue out of that into a uh, big summer for soccer stuff, just in the sense that you get, you've got North American Nations League competition this weekend, U.S. plays Mexico tonight, leading into, so it's supposed to be you get the Nations League in the off years in between the Continental Championships. COVID didn't make that happen. So you, where I'm going, you get Nations League leading into North American Continental Championship, leading into the Women's World Cup in the U.S. kind of a big deal. If you're a soccer fan in the Goshen area, this is just the beginning of a loaded summer.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, and also, Messi's coming to America. So,
1: Oh, that's going to be Messi, and I don't just mean that because it's his name.
0: Yes. And with that, I think that is this edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Thank you, Tony, as always, for coming in. We'll be back next week, sometime... (laughs) We'll figure it out. Um, Once again, thank you all for the support this 2022-23 school year. Be on the lookout for the Goshen News Sports Awards show Tuesday. Hopefully premiering Tuesday night. Uh, Card subject to change, as always, but the plan as of this moment, 6.23 p.m. on Thursday night, is to run this thing on Tuesday, June 20th, 7 p.m. on the YouTube page of the Goshen News. So look over it there. We'll have links everywhere. You won't be able to miss it. If you're trying to find it, you should be able to find it. It's all. Even if you're say. not
1: looking for it, you should be able.
0: to It find will be on your t- social media, your Facebook, your Twitter, your Snapchat, whatever. We LinkedIn. have it all. LinkedIn. Put it on MySpace. MySpace. Instagram. Yeah, that's what I said already. Okay, you said Instagram. AOL Hotline. Hot, hot, hot button, MSN hotmail. Instant Messenger. Instant Messenger. ICQ. Clippy will have it. Clippy will have it. You remember Clippy? Yes, I remember Clippy. He's gonna have it. With a link to it. He's gonna pop up on your screen. Wow, your technology folks are good. Thank you all, seriously. Till next week.